Welcome one, welcome all. Glad to have you. Hour number two of the Bill Michaels Show. Continuing on. Enjoying the day. Uh, an interesting conversation today about whether or not, I mean, there's some people that actually do not want to see Aaron Rodgers return uh, to Green Bay. And um, you, you're ready to move on. I get it. So we'll see if indeed it uh, it comes to fruition, whether or not he ends up coming back. But uh, I understand the frustration. I think people are thinking emotionally rather than sensibly, but that's neither here nor there. I understand where you're coming from. Joining us now uh, from SI, covering the Green Bay Packers, our buddy Bill Huber up in Green Bay. Bill, how you doing? I'm great. How about you? Good. Um, so let me ask you, what do you, what is your sense right now? Uh, if you want to give us the next two to three week breakdown as to the direction the Green Bay Packers are going to go, <laughs> that's a great question, Bill. Man, I have no idea. <laughs> Why not the answer you're looking for? Well, I don't know. Um, all, all we can go on is what Lafleur said on what did he talked to us on Monday. Yeah, Monday. Well, he said he wants him back. And then Rod Domoski asked him, is, are you speaking for the organization? He said, yes, everybody wants him back. So the Packers want him back. Rodgers, after the game on Saturday, said he's not interested in a rebuild. So I would take that all to mean that if the Packers can get Devontae Adams back, or if the Packers commit to bringing Devontae Adams back, and maybe that's a franchise tag. If Adams is coming back, then Rodgers is coming back. And if Adams isn't coming back, then it becomes a rebuild of receiver because everybody else is a, is a free agent, too. And Rodgers probably has no interest in throwing the Juwan Winfrey and Amari Rodgers next year. So I think it all starts with Rodgers making up his mind in the next couple of weeks, saying yes or no. Um, I'm going to guess he's going to say yes if they commit to Adams, and off we go, to, off we go with those guys for next year. Um, I, well, my next question is with Devontae Adams. And Devontae Adams, I heard an interesting inter- interview over the weekend where he said, look, yeah, he wants his contract and such, but – his career will not be complete unless he wins a Super Bowl. So he wants to go someplace or be someplace that gives him a continuous chance to be a, a Super Bowl contender. Now, for teams that have a ton of money versus teams that are Super Bowl contenders, that kind of becomes few and far between, you know, unless they rebuild and rebuild extremely quick. So what do you think uh, ends up happening with Devontae Adams? Does he end up – would he take less money in your sense, say, to go from – because uh, last I heard with a man was like, what, $26 million a year is what he was kind of looking for? Would he go to, say, 22 21 20 I know they don't want to franchise tag him. We just saw what happened to Godwin down in Tampa Bay. But what do you think happens there? Yeah, he's not taking less. And he's, he's told us as much he's not going to take less. I don't, I don't blame him for taking less. But it is an interesting thing. Um, at this point next year, he'll be 30. How much you want to commit to a receiver who's, I mean, obviously, when he's 30 is not a problem, but how much do you want to be paying a receiver who, when he's 32 or 33, and maybe he's not the Devontae Adams that we know. Um, I know I asked him late in the season about a franchise tag, and um, he's, he's not, not in favor of it. Um, but if you're the Packers, if it means bringing back Rodgers and winning, you, you kind of have to do it. Now, that being said, maybe if Rodgers commits early enough here, maybe there's enough time to hash out a long-term contract with Devontae before we start having to use franchise tags and all that stuff, or maybe they franchise them with the understanding, hey, we're going to franchise you just as a way to make sure you stay, but we'll keep talking and hammer out something. Um, but, yeah, I, yeah, he's not taking less. He's not taking less to stay here. He's not taking less to stay with the quarterback. He's not taking less anywhere. And, again, I don't blame him. 
So uh, the team we know is going to look different. Who is most likely not going to be here next year? Well, Zaria Smith that would be the obvious one. I mean, they are $55-0 million over the salary cap. That takes care of you know about a third of it. I mean, the guy played, what, altogether 29 snaps for the entire season? Um, so, yeah, I, I would be shocked if he comes back. Man, I don't know. If, if you keep Devontae... Let's just say you franchise him. That's $20 million, give or take. So now you're to $70 million for the Kevin. Now you're really just whacking everybody. I mean, you're talking, so Darius, you know, maybe you extend Preston Smith to reduce the cap charge there, but you know, Billy Turner, Amos, Crosby, Dean Lowry. Um, I'm sure I'm missing someone obvious here. Uh, you're yeah. just going to have to have wholesale, wholesale cutting on people. Now, fortunately, they've got players at some of those spots, so they probably would still be okay, but. Yeah, it is going to be a much different-looking team, um, regardless of what's going on with 12 and 17. Uh, I I know that we can talk about the failure of this team until we're almost blue in the face, but uh, you know, you would assume at any point in time we're going to see the black smoke suddenly rise out of uh, 1265 that Marie Strayton is no longer, and they're currently searching for a special teams coordinator, will we not? Yeah, you'd think so, but, man, you, LaFleur just kept talking about personnel on Monday. It was personnel, personnel, personnel. They need they need to get better players in here. Maybe they need to get players who are um, just special teamers, who have that track record. Uh, maybe they'll use starters more often. I mean, it's all he talked about was personnel. Um, the 10 guys at the end of the field, that was he took the blame for that because they didn't communicate it well enough on the, on the field. You know, the, the block, You know, the block field goal, for instance, is that coaching, or is that Tyler Lancaster just screwing up? I mean, this stuff is coached, right? It I, is, I yeah. I, it's, I don't, I don't, and I don't know the answer. It's more of a rhetorical question because maybe it wasn't coached well enough. Maybe it's the fact that these guys just aren't robots, and sometimes people screw up, you know, in, in, in a big moment. I don't know the answer. I'm sure that's what Lafleur is going to be getting to the bottom to here. But I would think he would go just because it was so bad this year, and they didn't get better. And Drayton promised to us all year long that when the games really matter in December and January. They'd be where they need to be, and, and that didn't happen. So I'm going to assume so, but do you really want to have a third coordinator in three years? Because that, now if you're the floor, that looks bad, and that makes it hard to hire guys for any position that, you know, if, if you are a any sort of coordinator with a track record, are you going to come to Green Bay? Because they've shown no personnel. Um, they've shown no... Uh, Oh, what's wrong to looking for? They, they they just have not put the resources into it for one, and B they fire the coordinator every year. Are you going to come here, or are you going to go recycle to the next unproven you guys? So it, it doesn't. We haven't even seen the right. We haven't even seen the aptitude towards it, where guys are selling right. out, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know if they're selling on or not. Bill beats the hell out of me. You know, are, are people jogging, loafing down there? I, have, I guess I didn't see that, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a it's a tough one because the 49ers special team stunk too, right? During the season they were they were 25th in Rick Goslin's rankings, so they're terrible. <laughs> they just kicked right. the Packers' ass. So I, again, I would assume so, but I think it becomes problematic for Lafleur if he's whacking his coordinator every year. Uh, talking with Bill Huber, Sports Illustrated. So. This season comes to a kind of a dismal end. How much blame? I, I could not figure out why LaFleur, and I know he took a lot of heat for this, but 
the offensive line was not good in that in, in that uh, playoff game, and it it just it, why did he not go back to kind of what got him there? Why it, does Yash Nyman sit on the bench the entire time? Ah, great question. I wrote about that. In fact, I, mean, I wrote about a pregame. You know, when it was clear what they were going to do um, on the game, I wrote about a pregame. That was it was a surprise. I mean, they, well, this isn't a Yash Nyman stat per se, but they they were eight zero when he started. So again, that's not they didn't win because of Yash Nyman, but it means to me that. They didn't lose because of him either. Um, and he was pretty well in a group because he played a lot of football. I don't, I don't get that one. Now, Billy Turner, I thought, was fine at left tackle. He wasn't the problem. It was Dennis Kelly getting killed by Nick Bosa the entire game at, at right tackle, and the interior didn't play well either. I thought, actually, Turner was the least of the problems. But, yeah, I would have I, stuck with Yash myself. But, um, you, you know, Steno had made so many good calls this year, including starting – Yash at the start of the year or week three when they needed to. That was it was his idea to go with Nyman. So they made so many right decisions, maybe a chalk it up to hey, everybody makes a bad decision, that just happened to be the one, but not what I would have done, but again I'm not uh, I'm not paid to make those decisions. The uh the forty ers were a good team, but I think more so they were a better coach team. Um we've seen this now three years in a row, Matt LaFleur, NFC championship game, NFC championship game, and then bounced. What does it say about Matt LaFleur? Well, he's got answers to do, but I don't I don't know, Bill. Um, Rodgers after the game took a bunch of the blame for, for passing up open guys and whatnot. Um, he wasn't super accurate. I mean, is that, is that a coaching problem? No. Um, you know, the Tampa Bay game last year, I mean, they, 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 they were in position to win the game. You can blame them for the fourth down call. I don't know. I mean, is, is there any great difference between – a regular season coaching job and a postseason coaching job. Again, I don't. Again, they still play to play, play to play. I, I don't know. Um, I'm, I guess I'm always been the simpleton of just go make some plays, right? Right. You know, call, yeah. the plays are called. These plays have worked all year. Just, just go execute your assignment. And at the end of the day, they still should have won the game if it wasn't for, you know, a couple of special teams problems. So I don't. I don't. It's hard. It's hard to blame blame anything on a coach who's gone, what, thirty nine and ten or whatever in the regular season. Right. No, I, I completely understand where, where, you know, I get it. Um, I just, uh, you're, you're looking for answers as to why things went so horrifically wrong. And it was just like, it, it's not just Rodgers. It's not just special teams. There was a combination of things where it just didn't work out right. And part of it was, Bill, do you get the sense that with all the guys coming back that there was this false sense of security? Um, I don't know. Um. I just want, you know, I, I, I mentioned it throughout the year, I, and I, I said it, I probably said it on this show too, with this whole last dance thing, and all these guys know the salary cap, all these guys know the big picture, right? And they, all, they all came back for, for one more go-around, and I said it time and time again, what would happen in the fourth quarter of a playoff game if it's really close? Would the pressure get to be too much to them? Um, at the end of the day, I just think they choked. You know, Rodgers has played so many good games, and he did not play a good game. What happened? Why did he bypass guys? I mean, he, all year long it's been throw the ball to the open guy, get the ball out quick, um, spread the ball around, and then in the playoff game, a lot of those things didn't happen. And was it 18 of the 20 completions with Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams? It was just totally unpackers-like of how they played that game. And I just wonder, when push came to shove, was the pressure too much knowing that it was a now-or-never kind of game? We might never be in this position again because we have a damn good team. We're home. We have fans. We have, the, we have 
every, they literally had everything you could ever want. The weather, the fans, you name it, they had it all. And they didn't come through, and you just wonder at, at the moment, of, that realization, we've got to get it done, we've got to get it done, and it became just too much for him. Yeah. Um, so we go back to, to Rodgers. When do you think he finally makes an announcement to say I'm coming back? Because he said he wanted to do it before free agency began, but don't you have to kind of figure out what you're going to need in free agency, what you're going to have available if indeed he is or is not going to come back? Well, the, the franchise window, I believe, is – and I wrote it yesterday. I'm just kind of going on memory. I believe the franchise tag window, sticking for Devontae, is February 22nd through March 8th, and then free agency is a week after that. Rodgers on McAfee said, mentioned that timeline because, you know, there's all, all these other dominoes are in place. So, um, yeah, I, I think it will be sooner than later than later. And, look, Rodgers is going to talk to Gutekunst here this week or, or next week. Goody knows what's Brian knows what they're going to do. I mean, he didn't wake up on Sunday morning and say, oh, bleep, we're $50 million over the cap. I mean, he's well aware of all this. He's got a plan. Um, I'm assuming he will share the plan with Rodgers, what they're going to do, and the quarterback will either say, I like that plan, let's do it, or um, I don't like this plan, um, maybe we should move on. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think this is any going to be any great dramatic thing here. They'll sit down and talk, and they'll figure it out. I mean, they're, they're in a much better place, those two are, obviously, than they were you know, 12 months ago, 11 months ago, 10 months ago. I still say that if I'm good against, I have Rodgers come in and say, uh, do you want to come back? And if he says yes, say, this is my dilemma. You know the money. We have a situation here. I need you to take a pay cut. Do you think Rodgers would say, you know what, let's tear up that contract. I'll take a pay cut. Let's push some money out over the next four or five years and uh, keep me at a really low salary, much like Brady's done, and let's fortify the team. And even if we don't have a ton of success this coming season, it'll really set us up for the next two or three years after that. Do you think Rodgers would do that? <laughs> I'm writing that story now, Bill. I mean, he's never done it. He's never taken less money. Now, I will say that, because he said in his press conference at the beginning of the season, it's not about the money, and that stuck with me. Yeah, he's always it's, it's, he's never taken less. Um, now that being said, the cap's supposed to go significantly up next year, and probably even up even more the year after that. So this year's going to suck. So maybe you take you take the minimum salary now, which should get you down to a cap number of you know, God, what was it twenty five million dollars less than he is now? But then you have a monster roster bonus. The, third day of the league year next year, and maybe you could do it again the following year, where you know, if money is a problem, you, you, you can catch them up that way, just through those roster bonuses, and then you take advantage of the increased salary cap in future seasons to absorb all that. So I can right. see that, but he's never been Tom Brady and just taken less money. He's always, he's always gotten his money. Might not be right now, but he, he's always gotten his money. Because that's, that's my next question. If, if, if he's sitting in a presser, his statement, and I, we can play it back for him, you know, it's like you said, it's not about the money. If it's not about the money, then why do you demand or why do you sign contracts that put you as the highest paid or near the top three paid quarterbacks in the league when you know it's handicapping your team? No quarterback has ever won a Super Bowl making more than 13.9% of their team's total salary. No, no quarterback has ever done it in the Super Bowl era. So why is he taking more than that? And that would be my question to him. Yeah, that's a good question. I would I would love to talk yeah. to him again, but we get but once the season's over, that's that. So that's a, it's know, a great right? question, Bill. Um, <laughs> I know, right? It does. Pe- people can say the cap is isn't real, and there's ways to manipulate it. And, and you know that's all true to some extent. But at the end of the day, it's a whole different ball game when you're a quarterback, like you said, making 13 percent of the cap rather than what is going to be 26 next year at this point. It's a whole yeah. different ball game. That's what two players. 
Yeah, at least. Yeah, I mean that's two other quarterbacks two, basically. Two pretty gosh darn good starting caliber football. Right. Yep. No doubt. Bill, great stuff as always, pal. We appreciate it. We'll be reading your stuff. Okay. Did we lose him? I think we lost him. There you go. Our buddy Bill Huber. Thanks to him for joining us on the highline. Some really good stuff. And as he said, Rogers has never Rogers has allowed his his salary to be manipulated to give cap relief. But when it comes to the guaranteed money and taking less, uh, he's never done it. Now, the team has stated they wanted him to be the highest paid. The team has stated that. But I think at this point, you go to him and say, you know what? I think it's time. It's time to take that cap, uh, less money on that cap hit. Can you do it? Would you do it? See what he says. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Glad to have you. Bill Michael Show, we continue on. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And uh, it's cold. I don't think I need to tell you that. Because you're going to look at me and go, duh, it's cold as hell. And you can feel it. You bet. Uh, I'm with you on that. But if the cold is coming through your doors and windows, then, uh, yeah, boy, you may... uh, you may be feeling it the same way we're feeling it right now in the sense that, uh, you know, it's going to end up costing you money in the long run. So if you're feeling it through your doors and windows the way many other people are, time to upgrade. Or if you're not, like if you're sitting like right now, I'm sitting here, shorts and all that kind of good stuff, and I've got the patio door next to me and the pillow windows across from me, and the room is sitting at a comfy 70 degrees, I'm good to go. It's because the pillow windows and doors of Wisconsin are keeping it nice and cozy and economical right now and they install year round so even though a day like this is here and upon us they can ins- they can still install uh windows and doors year round no problem they can get it done and uh they can do one room at a time they that way your whole house isn't wide open one room at a time get it done in as little as a day and every pella installer is certified to ensure your complete satisfaction pella wisconsin They've been doing this for a long time, and they are rated number one for highest value, highest quality, and the most preferred by homeowners. And that's you and I voting on this. That's not like some you know window assessment thing going on. Uh, but they got a great deal right now. Uh, for right now, you get five years no interest, five months no payments. Five years no interest, five months no payment. But it only lasts to the end of the month, and you got to call them right now. Set up your free consultation today, PellaWI.com, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. That's PellaWI.com. Or call them, 855-PELLA-WI. That is 855-PELLA-WI. See for yourself. There you go. Uh, this one is from Jason. says, just a thought. If Rogers and Adams is all we can afford, but everybody else goes, aren't we, in, in a sense, in a rebuild anyway? Yeah, but you're still going to have some of those pieces. I mean, you're still going to have the Kenny Clarks of the world, Aaron Jones of the world. Uh, you know, you're it, maybe you can do the same thing because Devondre Campbell's a free agent. Maybe you say, okay, we're going to give you so much guaranteed money, but the first year is going to be minimal. And once the, the salary cap goes up, we can afford more money down the road. 
You know, there's plenty of ways to keep guys around. You're not going to completely gut the team and say, oh, by the way, we got Aaron Rodgers. We're going to the postseason. You're not going to completely do that. But there, there's going to be a way to uh, to do that. Uh, Jason says, if we get him below 14%, uh, can we still re-sign Adams? You can do. It's all about guaranteed money. So for this next upcoming year, if if you guarantee Adams $100 million, okay, over six years, but his guarantee is $100 million, you have ways to manipulate that, to make it feasible. You know? J.J. says if Rodgers does not take a pay cut or restructure his contract, they won't be able to keep Adams as well. Well, they couldn't keep Rodgers. If Rodgers doesn't want that contract messed with at all, they can't keep him. So, J.J., you're right, but they, they can't keep him. It just won't, it won't, it won't happen. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Yeah, they, they can't keep him. It, it just, it, it wouldn't happen. Um, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Again, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please do so. Uh, this one is from uh, Anthony who says, I uh, would love to keep Rodgers around. However, uh, I don't think they're going to be able to afford him. Doesn't this just simply all come down to money? It, and that's what it does. You're right. The bottom line is this. Do you want the Hall of Fame quarterback to be around the next three or four or five years? Because, and, 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 this, is, this, and, and this is from uh, Mark, who also makes a really good point. He said, look at what Tom Brady is doing. Tom Brady just led his team back in a thrilling game over the weekend at the age of 44. Well, who's to say Rodgers can't play until he's 44? Even though he's 38, that would give him six more seasons. Why don't we sign him to a four- or five-year deal and then watch towards the end if we need to cut him loose and make it feasible for the team to do so? That's what I've said all along. And then what you can do along the way is you can begin the process of searching for a true quarterback. And tell Aaron, say, look, we've got four to five years. So we know whatever we find, whoever we find to back you up, is we're going to start grooming the next guy. We want you to be a part of that process. Rather than springing it on him to say, oh, by the way, here, here it is. You know? Here it is. Oh, we're trading up to get Jordan Love. At least then you could say, hey, this is our plan. Will you be a part of the plan? Not only winning football, but then the transition of football down the road. Will you be a part of that? Give it to If he wants the empowerment in that sense to feel like he's got a vested interest in all of this, yeah, that's what I would do. And don't talk to me about Rodgers. I, I get Look, I said it myself. Rodgers didn't look thrilled like he was playing in that cold. Right there. I mean, that's the first thing. He did not look like he was thrilled to be playing in the cold. You're not going to have every game be 10 to 15 below. If they were playing this weekend, it would be a better game. Because uh, Saturday, it was Saturday, supposed to be close to 30, I think. 30 or 34 or something like that. Some crazy, crazy number. It will be warmer. So they got the one-off. One of the colder games. It is what it is. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. 877-867-1670. Find us. Find us. We'd love to have you. 
Um, let's do this. Uh, let's step away, take a quick break. We'll come back. I, a lot of great people chatting uh, as to how the Packers can do things, how they should do things. Um, Terry says, did they keep Big Ben too long? Terry, that's a great question, and I, I want to get into this when we come back because there is something about keeping a guy too long, and, and I, I do want to make make that uh, uh, I do want to make that clear because uh, don't forget they could have gotten rid of Big Ben at the end of last season, and they didn't. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael show continues on Friday night and said, can you help me Creole? Got a little girl waiting on me and I want to trade her right. Enjoying the day as uh, we continue on and uh, hopefully you are as well. Just a, a lot of, a lot to decipher, I guess is the best way to put it in the sense uh, of those that want to see Aaron Rodgers back and those that don't. Uh, side note, yesterday, the Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, Big Poppy gets in, and Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, does not. An emphatic stamp on, uh, no, we're not letting those who have uh, cheated get in. Um, but uh, I, I thought it was rather interesting commentary yesterday that the guys that uh, have shown the propensity to take the steroids and have either been busted or at least the huge assumption that they were taking, wrapped up in that Balco scandal, uh, are not allowed in. That uh, the writers, uh, the baseball writers of, uh, of America, basically have said, nope, not going to do it. Not going to admit those guys. Unless you came contrite, unless you came with uh, hat in hand, uh, and said, you know what, I screwed up, I did it, it is what it is, uh, they're basically saying, nope, not going to do it. Not going to allow you in. So uh, interesting way to go for some of those guys that uh, are not being allowed into uh, Baseball Hall of Fame. Not going to get there. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Big Poppy got in. There's a big argument right now regarding Big Poppy because um, he is a likable figure. And some are saying that, yeah, that he he's – not uh, he, he doesn't have necessarily the stati- uh, statistics and overall playing ability to actually find himself into baseball's Hall of Fame. And um, that's that's the disappointing aspect of it because he got in because he's a very likable guy. He did a lot for the community, Boston Strong, after the explosion on the uh, Patriot Day run and such. And that's what others are saying is that that's the only reason he's getting in. He's not getting in because he's some magnanimous player. Um, so anyway, long story short, uh, big poppy gets in and, and, uh, you, you see that uh, others do not, even though the, you know, bonds always already had a hall of fame career on the rise when, when he ended up, uh, you know, kind of beginning to juice after that 1998 season, he had already 
put up some serious numbers, and he could have gotten in just on those numbers, but what he did after the fact was wag his finger at everything institutionally and just basically said, I'll do what I want. And, you know, the others are saying, look, uh, that Big Poppy should have been included in the steroid issue too because he was another guy that many claim were, were juicing and just never got busted, never got kind of wrapped up in it. But he also, I mean, there's there's some things regarding Big Poppy that he was pretty, he hung out with some really shady people. And as a matter of fact, he had some guys that were with him, and this goes back to, uh, our buddy, um, God, I can't, his name escapes me off the top of my head, which is terrible. But, um, the, uh, our, our buddy, our guy that does, uh, s- s- uh, sports with friends, God, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. It's terrible. Uh, but said that, look, big poppy was hanging out with known, um, drug dealers and such and had him on the field with him at, at the, you know, at the all-star game and during the home run derby. And he had all kinds of things that should not have been necessarily allowed and yet they just kind of turned the other way as long as big poppy was going to be a part of the home run contest and they never came down on him for any of that kind of stuff and so anyway uh, it just you know he gets in uh others do not seth everett thank you very much sam Th- seth everett thank th- thank you i oh, got it was it was terrible seth escaped me shame on me why do i tell seth that Holy mackerel. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, if you want to give us a shout, by all means, do so. Hey, the uh, man, the myth, the legend, Bill Michael. There's Seth Everett. That's my buddy, Seth. <laughs> you are correct. Uh, let's see here. Um, See, Gary says you want five more years of attitude and arrogance and no Super Bowls. Come on, people. Gary, you can't, first of all, you cannot guarantee that. You hate Rodgers. That's been known every time you come on this thread. You want Rodgers out. You want you wanted him out for so long. It isn't funny. You badmouth him on everything. Even when he has a good game, you're silent. When he has a bad game, it's because he's not running Matt LaFleur's offense. You've wanted him out from day one. You don't like the guy, just admit it and move on. But as far as you can't guarantee Super Bowls, and I've taken it for a long time and said, that's fine if you want him out. But I want you to man up if this team goes nowhere with inept quarterbacks for a long period of time. Don't sit here and say, well, the organization made bad moves and they brought in the wrong guy and they did this and that. No, no, no. You wanted the Hall of Famer out the door. And if this franchise does that, that's fine, but you have to hit on the rebuild. And if you don't, you are setting this franchise back a long time because if you bring in a core, say they drafted Jordan Love right now, today, okay? Say Jordan Love was the guy they wanted, and you picked him today as opposed to a couple years ago. And you said, that's it, Aaron, talk to you later. And then the Jordan Love era began. That's their guy. The, the the pleasure we've had is seeing Jordan Love participate a couple of times and not look good and be a second late throw in the football. And then it was, well, he doesn't get starters reps. Well, the last nine weeks he did. He got starters reps every day. Rodgers wasn't practicing. He got the starters reps every day. And in the Detroit game, didn't look any better. Didn't look any better. So now what's the excuse? Well, now he's got to play a full season. Okay, let him play a full season. Then what? Then what's the excuse? You can kind of tell if guys have it or they don't. 
You see flashes pretty consistently if guys have it or they don't. I've said all along Jordan Love doesn't. Said it from day one. Stupid pick, bad pick, fell in, did exactly what Brian Gutekind said not to do. He said, you can't fall in love with a guy. You just got to go by your board. And he fell in love with a guy. He fell in love with a guy. Um, what is this about? I, we talked about the whole roof thing yesterday. They're not changing Lambeau Field. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. You might as well build a new stadium. It's not going to happen. They're not putting a roof on Lambeau Field. And if they do, it's not a roof to to keep out the cold. It's a roof to keep out the elements. That's what they built in Florida over the old Joe Robbie Stadium, which we became pro player and then became Landshark Stadium and then became, uh, what is it now, Hard Rock Stadium. That's what they, they just kept the elements out. And by the way, the field is still open. They put the roof over the fans to keep the heat off of the fans. But it's still open air. So when people bring up, uh, you know, Hard Rock Stadium, no, it's just, it's like a giant umbrella. It's, it's, it, it doesn't seal the place up. It just, and it's not, you know, it's not like it's air conditioned. It's just to keep the sun off of people. But the field itself is still open to the elements. So that, uh, that you can't even use that as an excuse to say, hey, this is the reason they should put a roof on. That won't happen. 877-867-1670, You want to head us up, do it. Give us a shout. Uh, we're going to take a break. Let's do this. We'll step away, take a quick break. We'll come back. Hey, don't forget about our friends at Sloppy Joe's on Hubertus in Hubertus. Joe and Ellen and everybody out there, they're fantastic people. They do a, a great job with, with uh, the barbecue. Their breakfasts on the weekend are fantastic, by the way, if you want to stop out there for one. But uh, really, really good Bloody Marys, too. But uh, they have great food, great atmosphere. They can put some music in there, some string music uh, on the weekends. But just a, a really good, solid, traditional Wisconsin bar. And uh, that's what I love about the place. Out there in Hubertus, on Hubertus, that is our friends at Sloppy Joe's. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports. Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers wasting no time in re-signing some of their practice squad players back to the roster, like backup quarterback Kurt Benkert, defensive backs Kabian Ento and Ennis Gaines, linebacker Ladarius Hamilton, and Green Bay native and former Badger offensive lineman Cole Van Lannen. After a couple of days to reflect, Aaron Rodgers opened up on what career options he's considering right now. One thing I would not do, 100% would not do, is retire and then, you know, come back a year later. I don't I don't have any desire to do that. That, that makes no sense. Rogers on the McAfee Show says his relationship with Packers general manager Brian Gutekinds improved during the course of the season. I feel like I'm at, I'm at the place relationally with the Packers, um, you know, in a really good place, especially with uh, with Brian and the way our friendship and, and trust has, has grown, where it would be a simple conversation and whatever comes out of that conversation is moving forward. There's not going to be any weird, you know, standoff, war of silence or anything. It's, you know, Brian and I have had good conversations throughout the year and 
and when it you know when it comes time to make a decision, we'll have a, we'll have a conversation. It won't be a long, drawn out process. And Matt Lafleur has made it clear he wants Aaron Rodgers back this year. But what about the front office? Mark Murphy, Vice President Russ Ball, or Brian Gutekunst? Every, every conversation I've been involved in with uh, you know with Goody and Russ and Mark, we're, we're all we're all on the same page there. So there, there's no debate. That's Packers head coach Matt Lafleur. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Glad to have Mike with us, as always. We certainly appreciate him being a part of the program. And Mike is always brought to you by our friends at the Bay Motel. Bay Motel in Green Bay, quiet, cozy, comfortable, just a mile from Lambeau Field. And it's perfect for a family stay in the Bay Family Restaurant, serving up food, home-style cooking, seven days a week in the Bay Motel, right there on South Military Avenue in Green Bay. Call them today for reservations, 920 494 3441 920 494 3441 or go online at baymotelgreenbay.com. That is baymotelgreenbay.com. There you go. Um, I want to get to uh, some of the people responding over on uh, Twitter. Uh, Marcus says that uh, one of the national guys says uh, Rogers acts as if he's above the rebuild. Do you think that's the case? I don't think that's what he means. If Hackett leaves, would that affect the decision of Aaron, or is it strictly about uh, Devonta Adams? It, it's not that he's above the rebuild. It's because if he was saying that and he's twenty-seven, that's one thing. But he doesn't have that many years left. You don't want to go through a three-year rebuild or two-year rebuild and waste the next two years of your career. One year you can kind of say, okay, but two, three years? No, you don't want to do that. And I don't blame him. He's only got anywhere from four to five years left, right? You don't want to go through a two- or three-year rebuild when you're 38. You can you can take a year and say, okay, I can I can look at things in a certain light, and we still have a shot at getting there. Maybe things kind of come together, and we can add a couple of pieces. But if uh, you're going to say, hey, it's going to be at least two years, three years before we can do anything, yeah, he doesn't want to be a part of that. I don't blame him. It's not that he's above it. That's that's taking it as Rogers is just this arrogant guy who this a uh, rebuild is beneath him. No, it's a guy that's looking at the end of his career, going, man, I've only got a couple more shots. I probably only have four, maybe five viable years left in me. I don't want to waste two or three of them in a rebuild. That's what he's saying. Uh, James hits us up on Twitter and says, if I'm Goody, I break it down to Rogers in terms of how much he's willing to take. You take $40 million, here's what we can do. You take $30 million, here's who we can bring back. You take uh, these two guys, take $20 million, we can bring. Uh, we can try to bring back almost everybody. But this is up to you. That's what I've said all along. That That's what I've always said all along, that you, you lay it out. If he wants to be involved in these decisions and wants his guys back and wants you to keep certain players and wants it to make about, Devo- about Devontae, Rodgers, you can't have Devontae making 26, 27, 28, 9 million and Rodgers making upwards of 25 to 45. You can't do that. And if even Rodgers has to understand that, can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, let's go to Dave. Dave, welcome to the program, the Bill Michael Show. What's going on, man? What's happening? Yes, good morning, Bill. First off, a question for you. Yeah. I've lived in Wisconsin my whole 61 years of my life, but where is Hubertus? 
Hubertus is if you go right up 164, like in the Colgate area, just south of there, over near Holy Hill, but east. That's where Hubertus is. Okay, very good. Thank you. And, uh, yes, I'm uh, getting away from Aaron Rodgers a lot. Uh, no, no, no problem with him. But my uh, question is, have they ever kicked anyone out of the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame? The one I wonder about is Kennesaw Mountain Landis. I know he was uh, like the savior for baseball when uh, the Black Sox scandal happened, but also he was uh, very, very adamant on not allowing the black player to gain entrance into Major League Baseball for the longest period of time. He was right. adamant against them uh, joining in. I'm surprised that there hasn't been a push to ban him. That's a good question. I don't know if they ever have. That, that That's a great question. Um, I, I'd have to go look at that and see if they've ever kicked anybody out of the Baseball Hall of Fame for conduct detrimental, so to speak. So, yeah, that's a uh, boy. I'd 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 have to I'd have to have to go back and do a little research on that. To be honest with you, uh, good question. Though you think of how so many uh, black ball players could have been in the major leagues, could have and should have been in the Hall of Fame much right? earlier than right. what they sh- they were. It's a shame that Buck O'Neill is finally being inducted this year. He should have been in long, long ago. Right, right. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, no, no, that's a that's an awesome question. I have to go back and do a little research on that. I don't know, and I, I would assume our our crack guy Ben Kenny's probably looking it up right now to see if anybody's ever been kicked out. But, uh, but no, I, I'd have to take a look to be honest with you. I don't know. I I just know that this whole and, and Dave appreciate the phone call. I got to run here towards the top of the hour. But this whole thing with with the baseball writers, on one hand, I understand guys blatantly were cheating. On the other hand, um, you go back to a guy like, say, Mark McGuire. There weren't any rules in baseball that said you couldn't use steroids. They weren't testing for steroid use. Because if you're going to kick him out for the illegality of it, then don't you have to do the same thing for guys that were on amphetamines? Because those were a plenty. I mean, those you could walk into, you could walk into clubhouses back in the early 90s. When I started covering sports, even the late 80s, and they were, th- you could get them. They were right there. Sometimes guys would be as blatant as putting them in candy dishes. So, and that was illegal. And whether a guy went out and partied the night before and was just dragging ass coming in the next day and then pops some uppers and all of a sudden he's fine. Well, doesn't that then change the way you play? Your energy level, your 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 approach to the game. I mean, I so it, it's a fine line. But what happened was records were falling. These these unbelievable performances, these record-setting performances, were happening on the watch of steroids. And Bud Seeley couldn't get anything done. It wasn't until finally he went winking a nod to Tom Dasho in Congress on the competitive balance issue for the uh, for the fair trade so to speak because that's what it was was you are paying to see a clean game therefore the government's going to get involved to say you have to see a clean game that's when they held donald fear's feet to the fire you had to go through all of that and understand what it was all about so 
I get Holden Bonds and Clemens and such accountable. They were kind of the poster child that flaunted it in everybody's face. Had Bonds not broken and shattered the record for home runs in a single season, had he come up with 45 or 51 home runs or something, had he done that, he'd probably be in. But because records were falling, and it was mainly due, or at least due in part to, illegality when it came to steroids. That's the reason the writers went, no, we, we, we can't accept this. Nobody gave a damn. Back when the, uh, the All-Star game was in Milwaukee. I remember that. No, fans didn't care one iota. We all could see these guys. They were monstrosities. They had blown up in two years. They became huge. And they were hitting the ball, not only out of the ballpark, but out of the ballpark. Like out over top of the Kohler sign, out of the top of the ballpark. Bonds hit one over the top where the roof closes. And people were like, this is great. And we're all looking at each other going, Superman couldn't have done that. And yet he's doing it, you know. So nobody cared at the time. And then all of a sudden we got on our moralistic high ground because Hank Aaron's record fell and Babe Ruth's record was falling and Walter Maris's or Roger Maris's record was falling and then we gave a damn. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Get back into some Packers chatter. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's a coming right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.